With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome. My name is John Shroop and I am the Deputy Managing Editor at Lookout Landing. And I am joined on this sort of snowy weirdly uh spring day by managing editor kate prusa kate how are you john you're the only one who has snow i just went out and got the mail and it's dry as a bone out there it's not like snow snow so it's been multiple places too like it happened well i mean it's like it's 42 degrees so it can't be like actual snow but it was like the rain was kind of wave it was sort of doing a little waver as it would come down and it was sort of half-hearted it, it would get melted i don't know what it was i don't know what to say i'm not a meteorologist uh it's but, also not spring definitely winter well it's spring training and, and that that's, sure that's uh, as we have uh matthew matthew Roberts and matthew what uh hey guys have you, have you ever been to <laughs> matthew have you been to spring training I, I i think we maybe addressed this but i i, I forget your answer i have uh, not i've never uh, been to spring training so i distinctly actually remember so we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast and learned uh, on the wheelhouse podcast with with jerry depoto uh who sponsored today's uh, episode um that shed long apparently does not like the taste of water uh, and I know, Kate, you've been down to Arizona Shed. It finds other ways, apparently, to hydrate. And I guess I was wondering wh- where the like 
worst tasting water uh, was that you guys have ever been? Because I've been to Tucson and I've been to a couple places in Arizona and remember just having some of the like most metallic tasting water. Yeah, it's a very uh, heavy water in Arizona. It is no, I mean, the locals do not drink it generally, not Mm. that I've encountered, but it's bad. It doesn't taste good. Uh, and you know, Shed grew up in Alabama. Maybe the water's not so tasty there. Mm-hmm. So, what would you guys replace water with? If if you if water's out of the question, what would your sort of go-to hydration method be? I you, hope Shed you, is like constantly drinking Capri Suns. Like I would not <laughs> want to do this myself. But I just like the image, or like juice boxes, or something. I just like the image of him walking around like with one of those metallic foil pouches at all times. Dude, those hydrate you, though? That seems like a lot of sugar. <laughs> I mean, there's so is, much sugar I, in it. Yeah. At yeah. best, a, like, null, nullifying situation, I feel like. It would be hilarious to, like, see Shed Long, like, oh, he scores on a base hit, gets to the dugout, and they just hand him, like, a fruit punch Capri Sun. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Service is, like, stabbing the straw in and, like, hands it over. <laughs> I mean, I'd be really into that. have found a full-time role for Ryan. I feel like <laughs> uh, uh, Ryan yeah. would, let's be honest, Ryan would miss that hole nah, every time. Not every time. One in Okay, four. the one, one time he got it, he'd pound it through the entire Capri Sun and it yes, would explode. Yes, we, we would have some casualties. <laughs> yes. Did, did either of you guys uh, ever drink Sunny D? Oh yeah, big time. No, um, never a Sunny D person. So, S- Sunny D, I had maybe once at like a birthday party for someone in sixth grade, where everyone still got, or when when I was six years old, rather, when everyone still got invited to everybody's the entire party. Parties. Exactly. So weird flex, but keep going. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I, that sort of taste influence was so outlandish compared to the number of advertisements for Sunny D that were on Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon and like literally everywhere that they showed cartoons growing up and they just would scream about Sunny D the power unleash the power of the sun uh, and just like <laughs> have this long rant with a juice box bouncing around and at the end they'd have a like professional radio guy come in and say contains 5% juice I'm like <laughs> what yeah it's like if orange juice got electrocuted that's what yeah. it tastes like <laughs> yeah so I, I I'm I have to imagine that some of the people who who were making Sunny D later on later on went to make Four Loco, uh, because like there's I don't know what the other ninety five percent was going on, but hopefully Shed has something better uh, than that working for him. Yes, and also better than those small uh, small bottle. They, this was a bigger thing in Philly, but it's called they're called hugs. Do you have you ever had those out here? Uh, I don't no. think so. Just a small are... bottle of water? I mean... It's a small bottle of juice. It looks like a grenade. I don't know why it's called a hug, but they were <laughs> 25 cents at the corner store and, like, Whoa. turned your face entirely blue. Like... Wow. Yeah, they were uh, kind of like the Kool-Aid... I used to drink, oh, in grade school, the Kool-Aid... Kool-Aid... Mm, squeezers, I think Kool-Aid jammers. Oh, that was that was after my time. I think they uh, maybe decided Squeezer was a great name. Yeah. Everything was much more innocent in the eighties. 
product and it was in like it almost looked like a coke bottle but clear plastic yeah 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 the clear bottle yeah mm-hmm. i know what you're talking about yeah that i mean all of it is sugar water and poison let's be clear correct correct uh yeah but shed we have good water up here in seattle i will say or maybe we could all pitch in and get him a brita filter or something like there we go we can get shed on i i don't understand i I don't know how long that's going to last with the Mariners being all, like, very nutrition-focused. Like, I think they push drinking water pretty hard, so Shed might I mean, I would bend. hope so. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's a pretty it. basic tenet of uh, nutrition, I guess. Yeah, now I just have this image of, like, all the prospects meeting up at that summit and them being like, water? Like, what? please enlighten us. What is this? None of us have ever heard of this magical <laughs> elixir you're talking about. Uh, well, I was gonna say, that that image that you evoked of the tiny little sort of hand grenade. What I was thinking of was Tropic Chillers. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever had these with a Z Chillers, um, but they're they're like made by the same company that makes Buzz Balls, also with Zs. Oh no! And they are what on earth are you talking about? I have, John, I've just dropped, put a link in. I've the, dropped it, a link in. Oh in no! Our they look horrible. Uh, <laughs> So they are, you can get them at like just, I, I would say select convenience stores. Who is and sitting there like, who is in product <laughs> development who's like, how do we get people to mo- drink more alcohol? Let's make Testicle a pina colada in a ball. I mean, who decided? Who decided? This picture is particularly grotesque that you send to. I think, I mean, it's it's just four people with them stacked because I think it gives a good uh, display of the variety of options. It does not contain the white one, which is a pina colada. Uh, nor, Wait, have nor, you had these, John? Did you drink have, these regularly? I, certainly not regularly. I have had them once uh, because it was the first time I'd ever seen them, and that was the only time I ever had them, and I would not recommend them <laughs> to anyone because they taste very bad in your mouth. Uh, just to just to let the listeners like the- know, um, John put a link in our little podcast website thing directing us to like a blog post about buzz balls and like the entire background is just smoke it starts off with just like a giant picture of weed from 420 bamboo banga where the kush just blows in the breeze like this is exactly what i was hoping for you were i did me not it. i did not follow the link i had just sent a, like a direct link from google images so this this you full experience yeah. is even better uh, we'll um, definitely include a link in the podcast story. Abs- absolutely. Oh yeah, this you is so funny. It. This is what happens to those little <laughs> hug bottles when they, like, turn to a life yeah. of crime. <laughs> <laughs> Things go awry. Oh, man. Oh, Also in terrible food and drink stories, today we also had uh, Mets prospect slash player Brandon Nimmo getting hurt, uh, ill, falling ill. <laughs> Spending mm-hmm. all night, quote unquote, puking up his guts for mm-hmm. eating undercooked chicken. And the Mets have decided to solve this problem by teaching him how to cook. Not any, not, a bad not call. anyone else. Just, just Nimmo, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, the Mets seem to have a very responsive, uh, response-based sort of health plan. Not necessarily so preventative. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, oh, Mets. Oh, Mets. If Very the Mets are smart, they'll turn this into some kind of content, like the Brandon Nimmo cooking show with like Action Bronson or something. I would watch the hell out of that. Oh, my God. Like the hot ones, but with Brandon Nimmo learning how to cook and having yeah. different prospects in every week to try his dishes. But it'd be even funnier if it was just like basic food. Like Brandon Nimmo makes a PB&J. Brandon <laughs> Nemo makes top ramen. <laughs> I'm surprised Bra- at that. Brandon that... Nemo with only perishables. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's the advanced. That's the advanced mm-hmm. version. Uh, I mean, cooking chicken is hard. You know, you get it wrong a couple times. You're afraid of overcooking it. That's what I'm gonna assume that uh, that that he did. Mm-hmm. And then you know, once you cover it in sauce, which I also assume he did, you can't really tell. So. I do not cover my chicken in sauce all the time. I wish, but I think it's very possible he just did not. He slapped a potentially frozen chicken breast on a grill and did <laughs> Yeah, not. no spices whatsoever. No sauce. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, this is chicken. Maybe it's been, Nimmo been a, a few minutes. Alien. Should be good. <laughs> Num num num. <laughs> what if you just like microwave it? Just like put like a frozen cutlet in the microwave. He's like, all right, dinner is served. Looks, looks cooked on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brandon uh, you Nemo, know, if you're listening, you, I'm sorry. Uh, I I don't. You know that like on a private Snapchat there was like a photo of him like chefing, like <laughs> sent to somebody. Oh man. Cut to him puking his guts out. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, well, speaking of puking your guts out. Mm, uh, nice transition Matthew, to the bullpen. What, are we t- what position group are we concluding with uh, on this podcast? Yes, great question. We are concluding with the most vomity position group on the team. Uh, the Seattle Mariners relief pitchers, who are a real motley crew this season. They got rid of pretty much everyone you would recognize and brought in a whole new team of pitchers to man the back end of games. And it's going to be pretty bad, I think. I think there's not really <laughs> a world. Early returns are not great. Yeah, I just don't see a world in which this is a strength. Like, it would be truly, truly incredible if the bullpen was, like, above average. Mm-hmm. It's actually, like... I mean, on the one hand, you could say this is a positive for the 2019 team, but it's difficult. Any time that I have like looked at the 2018 or the 2019 roster and thought, you know, this actually isn't so bad. You know, the offense should be pretty solid from start to finish, and well, the starting rotation isn't that strong at the top, but sh- everyone should be okay. And then I get to the bullpen, and I just am like, oh, no. Yeah. But, yeah, like, 2014, I remember there not being that much confidence in the group, but this really does feel like they threw together some guys, and it's going to be such a steep shift from really the unprecedented luxury that we had last year of absolutely of edwin diaz i've looked up uh pakoda's projections for the <clears throat> bullpen and they're as you can imagine not great not mm-hmm. great um the highest projected is sean armstrong what 
I think that's not far off. I think Sean Armstrong is not bad at all. Maybe. I was, not bad um, at all. That's the bar we have to clear. <laughs> ringing, <laughs> ringing endorsement. I was a little, like, it's just, you know, especially as somebody in a non-closer, non-setup. Um, I mean, I like Sean Armstrong a lot. I love that he has invested in the the analytics side, which he wasn't very into before. He says he's got good stuff. Um you know, he's like Nick Vincent with velocity, as we've said before. But his, oh, I don't know. I mean, I just, I haven't seen that at the major league level so much. You know, we've seen him pitch a little bit. And then he had sort of a shaky outing here in the spring the other day. Uh, had some real trouble finding his pitches. So I'll keep an eye on him uh, closely over the rest of the spring. But so far, I have... I would I would say that my arrow to Sean Ar- next to Sean Armstrong's name is is currently pointing down question mark. Yeah, a lot of down question marks for sure. I <laughs> want to uh, want to cite a stat that will probably get beaten to death eventually, but I think we're we're on the cutting edge of it right now. So if anyone uses it moving forward, please credit Matthew Robertson and the Lookout Landing podcast. Um, last season, Edwin Diaz had fifty seven saves. And the current Mariners 40-man roster has 30 saves for their collective careers. So that's what we're looking at, fellas. It's Hunter Strickland, who has been a closer nominally, and then a bunch of guys who are, like, way underqualified for that role. Yeah. I mean, even pushing beyond that, I mean, the ostensible veterans are Strickland, as you mentioned, who Mm -hmm. has looked solid so far this spring. Um but came off a, coming off not insignificant injury that led to one of his worst years, and that injury came from him punching a window <laughs> wall and not breaking the wall it. Like part you can of say a window. The, the wall part of the window won. Yeah, uh. yeah, it did not. It did not break, which can't have felt great for. <laughs> right. If I mean, really, that, that's you at least just want such the satisfaction a, of the yeah, shatter. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so that's too bad. I mean, Anthony <laughs> Swarzak has some experience and has been a decent pitcher, but he hasn't pitched yet this spring, and his shoulder yep. has not apparently been in great shape. And, and I don't an know about last you, year. but every time I see shoulder problem, that's like all pitcher injuries are red flags, but mm. shoulder discomfort is like just sirens go off for me yeah yeah especially so, for someone his age he's sneaky old he's mm. uh the second oldest pitcher on the team it looks like after wade leblanc i'm just looking at the no, roster man. right now yeah is wade is 84 33 born in 84 and yes yeah, warzak was born <laughs> okay. in 85 yeah, yeah, so he's yeah. not 84 years old. wade leblanc is 84 old. years old <laughs> No, but yes, uh, Wade LeBlanc was born in the year 1984, and Swarzak was born in 1985. So he is the second oldest pitcher on the team and the oldest reliever, I guess. Narrowly still a millennial, though. Ooh. Congrats. Um, we have Corey Guerin, who has some some history of success down there with the Giants. <laughs> we've, we've made it past Sean Armstrong, Hunter Strickland as, like, yeah, these guys are probably competent as long as they don't get into fights or completely forget how to throw strikes into. This person has some history of, <laughs> of being sort of. I mean, what a, it's all just like uh, 
they're all just lottery tickets, right? All these veteran guys are lottery mm-hmm. tickets to hope mm-hmm. that we can flip them to a contender at the yeah. deadline, right? So. Zach Roscup, same thing. Yeah, Roscup, I thought, looked pretty good in his inning. I mean, he's tricky mm-hmm. because the lefty, but I think he's pretty analytics-friendly. I could see... Uh, I could see Zach Roska being yeah. a sneaky good contributor to this team this year. And a big a big issue for him has been health, right? A, a big, right. It, he's been injured almost every year, I think, that he's been – that he's had a shot at the big. So it, it's not out of the question that he could have sort of a Oliver Perez almost kind of role where he, with, with you know, full season of health, finally puts it together as a – you know, good good contributor and is flippable at the deadline to a to a team like Cleveland that just needs something from its bullpen. Right. Yeah, and Roscup is the only like true lefty reliever. Like we have Elias, who's going to be like a spot long starter, relief. long relief mm-hmm. guy, but Roscup is the only one for like those sixth, seventh, eighth innings where you got to get one lefty out. So he's probably like in yeah. a position to like really show out if he pitches well. Like mm-hmm. he's going to get a lot of opportunities. I feel like to just get lefties out and if he does that well then hopefully we can get a young better player for him <laughs> <laughs> and there and there really isn't like competition for that you know anywhere else like I, i'm i'm trying to think of of because le- there, there's so many left-handed pitchers in the starting rotation but there really aren't very many at all that are working as relievers in the, yeah it's in just ricardo sanchez is in the mix but he's probably not going to be like that yeah, prominent on this team want to see him as a yeah, there's uh, Tenuta is a lefty, right? Matt Tenuta. Tenuta is a lefty, yes. Uh, and but but I don't know that he's. <coughs> yeah, maybe you'll see him midseason. I don't know, but yeah. So it's a slim, slim from the left side, outside of the rotation, which is the exact opposite. Yeah, funny. Um, let's talk about some high variance guys, um, like Harrison. Mm-hmm. We've been calling him Gerson Bautista, but of course it is Gerson, Gerson, Gerson the person. <laughs> um, he uh, so Picada does not see him contributing a ton of value, thinking his DRA is going to be in the mid fives. Mm-hmm. But I have seen we've now seen him twice, and okay, I didn't see him today, so we're really going off of a uh, radio feed of one outing, and then the video from the other day but it seems like the slider like he can he can spot that for strikes and if he can Mm -hmm. just get the fastball under control maybe he loses a few ticks off of it maybe it's 96 not 99 um i am fine with them like maybe backing his velocity down a little bit in order to work on his command and Mm -hmm. that will play like if he can that slider is nasty Mm-hmm. It has a ton of late movement. It ma- it has made batters look silly. So, actually, I think there was a little bit of footage from today where you saw him striking Jose Ramirez, uh, I want to say. Um, Let's see if I can find it. Sure. But anyway, I, I'm, I know that a lot of people are down on Gearson the person, but I like him, and I think he could be a fun surprise. And also, if they can really get something out of him, that the Mets couldn't, it would make me feel really good about our pitching development. Yeah. I, I think Bautista, I mean, part of the, part of the pleasant piece with him is he's 23. You know, he's, there's, I think it's very easy to sort of set in stone that what a guy is at a, at a certain age, but you know, uh, when you have a 
guy who throws that hard and ostensibly, you know, has shown strikeout stuff in the minors, you you just especially if if they can get some work on pitch design, as you mentioned, um, you know, especially, you know, I don't know what the overlap would be, but a guy who we should also talk about, like, who's got a really very similar profile, even though very different body types, uh, is Dan Altavilla in terms of averaging 95 to 99 on their fastball and has a slider, but has not gotten quite the results that they want from that and, and sort of trying to adjust their pitch design and and adjust their mechanics to make that more effective um, it, it would be very wonderful to see I think those two actually are probably the two pitchers I'm most excited to watch out of this group yeah I agree for sure I'm pretty ready to become a, a Harrison super fan because <laughs> he has like a very uh, interesting profile to me like just a hard throwing like bean pole basically i think he's listed at like 190 and is like very like lanky and tall it's kind of like similar in body type at least to jordan hicks on the cardinals um, who throws like 111 miles an hour i don't <laughs> expect harrison to do that but if he can just be like a little sliver of jordan hicks and like mm-hmm. harness all the power in his very wiry frame mm-hmm. then i'll just be like watching all of his outings this year like Amy Poehler and Mean Girls with my video camera and like dancing along <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what I hope at least it could go poorly but like my number one goal is that he becomes like the next like Mariners closer of the future because I think just like hard fastball and wipeout slider is like a pretty good repertoire for a closer but like who knows that's kind of my feeling on any of these guys is like who knows what we're gonna get it could be like a breakout for some of them or some of them might be like out of the league pretty quickly. We will have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it could be too a guy that we don't even know who it is. Oh, it was a uh, Leonis Martin that he struck out on the slider. It's a little bit easier to strike out, maybe, but um, um, it could be somebody. You know, it could be some minor leaguer who just takes huge step steps forward all of a sudden, like maybe. Joey Gerber, like, just kind of comes out of nowhere. Maybe Art Warren, who we haven't seen yet this... I don't I don't know why we haven't seen him yet this year, but... Um, which makes me worry that he's maybe injured somewhere, but... Uh, maybe him, maybe... You know, there's... The bull, bullpens are fungible, and this one is more fungible than most, I think. Um, and I think it's exciting, too, because you're going to really see guys... Like, they all have a chance... Everybody has a chance at this bullpen. So I think you're going to see a lot of competition over the next few weeks of spring training. Well, less than few weeks, I guess. We really don't have... It's such a weird schedule this year, but... Yeah. I'm I'm finding I'm much more interested in watching the relievers this year. Um, I do like watching the the hitting as well, see, see the young guys come out. But the for me, the really, like, can't miss, I don't get up to like get a drink of water or whatever is during the pitching innings. Cause I want to see what each guy has to bring. Totally. And it was really cool to see Alta Villa, like have a moment already with that, mm-hmm. the <laughs> nutmeg slider. Mm-hmm. Um, nutmeg slider. Do any of you, by the way, know the origins of nutmeg? Like I know it's a soccer term obviously, but like, how did that start? Like how did someone see a ball go through someone's legs and declare nutmeg? Like that's, very I mean, strange I thought to it me. had to be something filthy because nutmeg just sounds like something 
dirty to me. Getting nutmegged, nutmegging, yeah. like I, I googled it with a lot of trepidation when I saw it kind of blowing up on social media. Yeah. But no, I have I have no clue. I hope that John's silence indicates that he is busily googling. Uh, I certainly am because I do not know. Um, but we, origin of the origin of the term is uh, well, I guess it's up for debate. Some people <laughs> say that it's just because it passes by the nuts uh, mm, of the player. I figured. And someone says that nutmegs were such a valuable commodity that unscrupulous exporters were to pull a fast one by mixing a helping of wooden replicas into the sacks being shipped to England. Being nutmegged soon came to imply stupidity on the part of the duped victim and cleverness on part of the trickster. Whoa. Uh, I really hope it's that second one. Uh, that is from Peter Sedan, or Seddon, in his book Football Talk, The Language and Folklore of the World's Greatest Game. Uh, well, that sounds that sounds like an unimpeachable source to me. That's the great thing about soccer is that like some of the terms are from 18th century English spice uh, dealers. <laughs> like, yeah, like... <laughs> Just uh, like and like the like edgy ones too. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. These guys were basically like just like the original people who were like cutting cocaine to save costs, but they were doing it with <laughs> nutmeg. <laughs> like oh, proper prank in it. Having <laughs> have, having flavor. Oh, having flavor was the original cocaine. Flavor. Uh, That's a fun word to say in a British accent. Flavor. And they, I believe you spell it with a U in Across the Pond. You sure do. Nailed it. All right. So, back to Dan Altavilla, uh, who it did already have sort of a, a moment go viral. I don't think he meant to throw that pitch where it was, but uh, he was <laughs> in it. On, it did not appear expected. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think he was expecting the batter to, to swing at it, and his reaction has been kind of a little embarrassed, a little humble. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he had that guy in an 0-2 count. Like, other than he gave up a long ball, he missed his location. But he's looked pretty good so far this spring. And um, I would urge anyone who's interested in learning about, like, pitch grips and whatnot. There's a cool thread on Twitter. I retweeted it from Eric Jaggers who worked with Altavilla over this offseason to adjust his slider grip. So, like, you know, Altavilla would send him pictures of what he was doing, and they went over the TrackMan data together. And um, it was just, it was really, if you're interested in that kind of thing, it was really cool to see on the ground with application how that advanced data is helping make players better. Uh, and props to Alt for always being willing to learn and, looking into that kind of stuff. I, I'm i hoping for him, again, like not just because I want him contributing to the bullpen, but also I feel like hard work should be rewarded. So it'd be great to see him have a good year. Yeah. He's definitely my favorite, I think, of the returning guys, just because I love sort of like his, like, I don't know how you would describe it, just like his aura of like super jacked guy, but also like biggest smile I've ever seen. Like, he has that weird mix of, like, I could definitely kick your ass, but I'm also, like, going to be really nice to you. So I'm into that. And I want him to just succeed from a baseball nice. standpoint. Um, one anecdote about Dan Altavilla, I will say, is when he was a... Because his second grade teacher, I think, or fourth grade teacher or something like that, one of his elementary school teachers uses Twitter. 
and tweeted about this, um, that his class was doing like a fundraiser for cancer and you know, all the kids would bring in like their spare change every day, nickels, dimes, whatever. And he had $40 saved and he brought it in and didn't do it in front of anyone. He gave it to his teacher after class and he said, this is what I want to contribute. And the teacher called home and was like, ah, did you know he did this? Did he take this from you? And I said, no, you know, we, we talked about it at home. He felt it was really important. Those are his savings, like his birthday money, his Christmas money. And, and he really wanted to donate it and just, I mean, doing that and not only just doing that, but doing it outside of like the, the public eye, like not doing it in front of his classmates or whatever, not doing it for the accolade, just doing it because he felt like it was the right thing to do. I, I just think that that speaks so highly of someone's character and at such a young age. It's a it's a good group. Uh, and they are and nice like, young men. They re- yeah. they really are. <laughs> uh, Evan White picking up that guy's baseball cards. I mean, that's good stuff. Uh, speaking of another ninety five to one hundred mile per hour throwing, seemingly very nice fellow. Uh, we will not see Sam Tuivalala for the first half of the year, probably. But hopefully by around the All Star break, uh, we'll we'll see him back from his torn Achilles. Um, but just when you mentioned sort of the high variance guys, I think that's another person uh, who fits that bill very, very easily. You know, he has the velocity. He has a decent track record already as a solid pitcher, um, and you know, really is is someone who I think could be valuable for the Mariners either as a trade chip or on a future competitive team. Uh, so it's, it's a bummer to not see him, but it's, I'm, I'm excited to see him come back. Uh, even, even if it's not necessarily a huge mid season addition, that's someone worth watching. Yeah. I can't right. remember a player who has endeared himself to me more with less playing time than Sam. Yeah. He's thrown like 10 pitches as a Mariner mm-hmm. and yet he's just been so, and in- he was so invested in the team's success. He was so, mm-hmm. He's been working so hard, like mm. this great guy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for him so hard. Like, like you said, Kate, when he came to the Mariners and like immediately got hurt, but then kept like basically just super fanning the team. I was like, oh my god, you are like such a pure person. And I was also <laughs> worried that there was maybe like some Stockholm syndrome going on, but I think that it was just genuine enthusiasm upon sort of looking at it like more and more, and the fact that he keeps doing it and like truly seems to love being a Seattle Mariner, which is a nice change of pace from what we've seen in the past. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the, I mean, Gerson, Harrison, um, in, he really enjoys his new Mariner outfit. His whole Instagram is just, like, covered with pictures of himself wearing the uniform, and it, it, guys seem happy here. I know this is spring training, and this is what everyone says during spring training, but mm. with Wait, Tui, Kate. we have, like, a track lo- record. Who was the kid who, like, one of the prospects who, like, photoshopped him throwing, like, a flaming baseball <laughs> in a Mariners uniform? That was Dijason Arias. Yes, from thank you. Everett. <laughs> yeah, Dijason. Yeah, Everett's closer. Yes, closer of the future, we hope. Somebody I'm really, again, I'm hoping, I'm, I know he's in Peoria, so I'm really hoping we get a little bit of a picture, a little sneak peek of him at some point. If he yeah. turns sideways, you will not. Yeah, you know, he, he's definitely real skinny. <laughs> extremely Edwin-built uh-huh. young fellow, but uh, he's pretty pretty exciting. 
Yeah, solid dunk bitch. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the Rugrats a little bit. The kids on the farm who some of them are obviously with the the Mariners in spring training, and we've seen some of them. But there's also, like you mentioned, like the Art Warrens, the Wyatt Mills of the world who are sort of shrouded in mystery, especially for the casual <laughs> fan. Um, what can we like? What can we expect from those guys this year? Like, where are they going to be? Where do they fit into the equation of you know twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, and all that? It's a super bummer to me that we're not seeing a lot of these guys right now because we have to go through like the Tyler Danishes of the world uh, <laughs> and all these guys, the Brandon Brennans and mm. all these dudes that they picked up from like whatever scrap heaps. Brandon Brennan is definitely like an industry plant. Like he's not a real <laughs> baseball player. That's just a guy that they're like, we so need rule a body. Five pick that you cannot find video of anywhere. No, you really uh, can't. But... And even he threw an inning today, and there was obviously no video, and he just got shelled. Yeah. Uh, so not a great, not a great first outing from a guy you have to keep on your twenty-five man or send him back. But I'm kind of feeling like at this point they're. The, the Rockies might be like, no thanks. I think I think he had one one earlier, but I think it, it's been it was like a perfect microcosm of what has made him like kind of un unappealing was or has kept him in the minors. I guess it was just that like a number of strikeouts and then like two walks, and it's it's just not been not been stellar, um, but. Maybe this was his debut. Maybe I don't know. I'm I'm trying to look at. I I could have sworn I saw him earlier, but regardless, yeah, not a not a stellar showing. So not far. a sterling debut. And uh, Matt Festa, if we're talking about guys on the farm, didn't have a great outing either. But I will say he he seemed to really pull it around um, and mm-hmm. was able to land his slider <clears throat> for strikes. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm going to hopefully and because I have seen Festa pitch a lot at higher levels. Mm-hmm. We've seen him pitch in MLB. We've seen him pitch in the AFL against kind of top prospects. Um, I'm going to say that I've, I'm not worried by this outing from Matt Festa because it really felt like it, it was a genuinely rust-shaking outing. Mm. Um, Brandon Brennan has not earned the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And Festa looked good last year, too. Like, that, yeah, I mean, they're just about... I mean, Festa, I think... I, I don't want to damn with faint praise, but like Jason Bradford was very solid last year, and I think Festa can be at least that this year, and, and I think we'll probably have both of them uh, at at various different points. I worry that Brennan will be much more of a oh the bases are loaded because Brandon Brennan came in and walked you know three guys, uh, whereas whereas you know maybe. You're going to get hit hard a little bit, but Festa and Brad or Festa and Bradford have shown a little more command thus far. But the beauty of like Brandon Brennan hypothetically walking the bases loaded is that it doesn't matter. Like it's that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's very true. Obviously, like I want everyone on the Mariners to succeed and be happy, but like this is the year where I would rather them win 68 games and 78, just because like if you're gonna not be in the playoffs, it's better to be super far away than, like, real close, you know? So I feel like we're going to just yes, have this season. and you season. want a better draft pick. That's a that's a big difference on a draft pick, too. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. Um, but it's going to be fun to, like, see the Mariners, like, just especially if some of the 
bigger names, if you can even call them that, like do succeed and get traded. Like then we'll just be like in August and September, just like spinning a giant wheel being like, which reliever is going <laughs> to blow the lead today? Yeah. It looks Doesn't like we got Brandon Brennan. Come on down. Like that's going to be fun. I'm excited to yeah. watch just the parade of relievers that we're all going to forget in three years. Yeah. The, the options there are not fantastic. Um, there are, uh, if while we're while we're digging into the farm, I think there is a little bit more to be excited about in the future. Kate mentioned Joey Gerber and and uh, Art Warren as two names. Um, Wyatt Mills, Matthew you mentioned as well. Uh, the Mariners have done for, for for all for whatever this may mean. The Mariners have done a really good job of churning out MLB quality relief pitching. Um, in the past few years, they've I mean they transformed Edwin Diaz into a world beater. They saw Dan Altavilla was, you know, going to benefit from a bullpen role. Uh, and and they've managed to spin guys like Nick Vincent into really solid players. So uh, we've seen a few other guys from that group. Jack Anderson is a submariner who got pretty unlucky in his first outing but looked good. Um Sam Delaplane and Nolan Hoffman are uh, guys drafted the last couple of years who have done excellent jobs uh, so far in the lower levels, uh, and and even just random pickups like David McKay and Tenuta, who we mentioned earlier, just literally got for a dollar from the Royals that have become solid prospects as as bullpen arms. So um, yeah, they they're not going to. I think in the future, if if the Mariners are struggling to get over the hump, I don't think it will be because of their bullpen, I guess is what I would say. I don't think that will be a weakness long term. Yeah, I think for all the questions you can have about how they develop, or about player development, which we haven't seen good player development in Seattle in the past decade, so... And the jury's still, you know, it's it's early on a lot of stuff because we flipped a lot of the low-level guys, and then you see them blossom into stars elsewhere. I'm thinking about Luis Renjifo, and it's like, whoa. Mm. Well, how do they not see that coming? But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, there's going to be Luis Renjifos when you are making 50 transactions a month. So, mm. Right. Um, and this year's bullpen, like, is just going to be basically a placeholder. Like, none of these guys are right. part of the like bigger picture i don't think at least of like the guys who are going to be on the next mariner playoff team maybe one or two of them i guess but it's definitely not like a like a foundational bullpen by any means no you're you're out to villa you're festa like maybe because he's 23 hairsome um but they have and i mean they've got time to work out these guys and try to optimize them but I'm, I'm not too worried about this aspect. I, I agree with you, John, that one thing I think we can feel pretty good about is how they've developed relief talent. Yeah, it's going to be... <laughs> I think it's going to be frustrating. As Matthew said, we're going to have that wheel a little bit <laughs> yeah. this year. And in just the general regard of like watching a baseball game, hoping for good outcomes, I think that will be difficult because... And, you know, you you want it to not be just a huge issue because that can be discouraging and frustrating and distracting even. But, yeah, it's it's going to be uh, 
it's it, even if the bullpen doesn't look great this year, I think especially because of how variant bullpens can be, even the best ones. Uh, there's not there's not too much to, you know like the Astros last year by all fielding independent metrics by pretty much every I, I think literally by fielding independent metrics had the best bullpen in MLB history and they had one of the worst bullpens in the league by results like they just the only reason they didn't win like 110 games was because their bullpen just kept blowing stuff like they kept having Hector Rondon uh, or Rendon just like come in and give up like that entire four game sweep I think the Mariners took they took down Osuna they took down Rondon they took down like Davinsky like they just kept clearing through uh, these guys who were very talented but just for whatever reason it wasn't working out so yeah there's a lot that just you're not going to want to read too much into it. It'll be nice if we see some guys really establish themselves, but um, I think most of it you'll you'll be hoping for trade bait. Just want to jump in real quick while we're talking about the Astros bullpen to remind everyone that Ken Giles punched himself in the face last <laughs> season. That was a real thing that happened. He got so mad that he punched his own face in disgust. That's it. That's all I wanted to yeah. say. Just no, remember I mean, that that happened. God, that's right. Uh, stay classy, Astros. Um, yes. Although they did ship him right on out the door, so. Yeah, I mean, I think that was about as red of a red flag as you can see. Like, this guy is mm-hmm. bad and also maybe, like, unhinged, so we need to get rid of him. I think that that's a good, I mean, another thing that I think, beyond the talent of the guys who are actually there, and, like, we don't have Brian DeLunas out there with the bullpen all the time, but it's cool to see the guys get done with their bullpens or they get done with their innings in spring training and they immediately go over and start chatting up one of the coaches and the benefit of having so many more coaches and the bullpen guys feeling like there's there's somebody who's kind of looking out for them they they have somebody who's guiding them um the general kind of camaraderie I, i'm hoping that hunter strickland doesn't feel the need to punch any walls let's Let's put it that way. I'm hoping that it is expressed that we we here deal with our emotions in a in a different way. So, right. So I want to I want to talk about something before we get to uh, listener questions. This is sort of a question thought experiment that we were having amongst ourselves, and that is uh, the closer music that we're going to hear this year at T-Mobile Park. Um, unfortunately, we have to say goodbye to the Edwin Diaz. Song, what was it? Master Jack's Blast, whatever. Blaster Jack. Narco. Yeah. With just the greatest do, 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 horn do, do, section do, do, of all time. Do, 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 do. Oh, mm-hmm. God. That was. Yeah, that's uh, the one. Yeah. Don't so forget the, the like, Diplo song that they had before that, which was also pretty good. Or the Major Laser one. Yeah, that's all gone. Uh, no more <laughs> Fernando Rodney animals, which I also really enjoyed. Um, so I think we should help out the Mariners relievers and maybe give them some suggestions for what music to use. I think it's pretty clear from everything we've seen and heard that Hunter Strickland will be the closer. And I feel like, well, first of all, closers in general, I feel like go for the more like aggro music, which makes sense. They're trying to get pumped. And Hunter Strickland, as we've seen from his punchiness, seems like a pretty (laughs) aggro guy. So I was thinking like maybe some Slipknot or Korn would be on brand for him. But then... (laughs) 
Then I saw his interview during the most recent like spring training game that was on TV, and he came off as like very nice and docile, but like low key, maybe not that smart. So, <laughs> so I was thinking. It's just the southern accent. No, well, yeah, that's. I'm not let's, trying to let's, equate. Let's, yeah, let's, let's southern with dumb. I don't but, think he's dumb. I just, you know, some we're culturally coded. I think to hear that accent sometimes and be like. I mean, if I'm being truthful, I wasn't even referring to the accent, so you put that on all Southern people (laughs) right there, Kate. (laughs) But I guess what I was trying to say is, like, he just comes off as, like, almost, like, like, he, you know, most people know him for the punching thing, and then he does this, like, very wholesome interview, and it seems like he's almost, like, not in on the joke. So I was thinking (laughs) it would be really funny if he did Spinal Tap music. Like, if he yes. came out to, like, tonight, I'm going to rock you tonight or something that's, like, a parody <laughs> of rock music because he's kind of a parody of this, like, super aggressive super reliever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, just um, loud music is what I think should be Hunter Strickland's thing. Even if it's not good, just, like, have it be loud, Well, then that which is what Spinal Steve, Tap does. Steve Ciszek's music all over again. We could, um, at the very I don't even remember like what Tenacious D... Oh, he was danger up in the club. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Of course. How quickly you forget. I didn't go to a lot of games in that era. You don't get the the intro music at home. Uh, um, Did you know that Hunter Strickland posted on his Instagram and on Twitter asking for recommendations for his closing song? Well, there you go. People flood him with Spinal Tap songs. (laughs) And I think he offered a prize to the person whose song he actually picked. So he oh, did. That's cool. I, I don't remember exactly what it was. But I think yeah. he signed cleats. The prize is he punches you in the face. <laughs> no. But it doesn't break your face. No. No, he actually gets hurt. Oh, man. Hunter Strickland, if you're listening, please do not fight me. I would lose so quickly. <laughs> Uh, I think that that's admirable that Hunter Strickland, A, recognized that this is a good chance to endear himself to a new fan base, because people love to give their opinions about stuff, um, but also that he knows that he should, you know, maybe ask for some help, ask for some suggestions. So I saw, like, a few good recommendations in that, in the thread, but... um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I would let the unwashed masses pick something as near and dear to me as my walk-up song. No, it's a good idea I, to get a lot of input and then choose the one you like the best, which seems like that's what he's doing. Yeah, he could go. I, I guess I would be an, a like permanent fan of him if he went with like "Misery Business" by Paramore. Oh just, yeah, dude. Because like that's like a pretty like it's not quite parody because like it just is a dope song but like it would be hilarious and also like I wonder how many like female led songs closers have walked out to not like that that needs to be like a you know statement or anything but just like I think that's a really badass song in a way but it's also would be hilarious and somehow would still fit the mood of Hunter Strickland's coming in to close a game like yeah, that song rips. Yeah. I would be so into that. Just if we could hear that forty times a year, even if it like goes poorly on the field, just knowing that it started with misery business is wow. a okay with me. <laughs> oh yeah. I think 
if want to we... go old school and maybe suggest some heart uh, as a mm-hmm. nod both to Seattle. If we're talking about like female-led mm-hmm. rock bands, mm-hmm. um, Barracuda, maybe. Uh, I was trying to think if there was anything that had Hunter in it as a as a title, but hmm. I know there's there's an EDM DJ named Bass Hunter, which mm. probably makes decent closer music, but that's not really my cup of tea. I can't see Hunter Strickland uh, being a big EDM guy either. Maybe. Yeah, that's probably true. The problem is, I think he listens a lot to country music, and uh, I regretfully inform you that those songs do not rock out so hard. They do not yeah. slap. They do not right? slap. They do not slap. I like country music, and there's a guy named Hunter Hayes, but Hunter Hayes is not what you would want to walk up to, because it it's very croony. Yeah. Uh, just... Yeah, I mean, there's I don't a Pharrell know. song called Hunter, oh, uh, uh, which sounds very Robin th- or like Robin Thicke combined with Pharrell era music. So, not sure about this one actually. Um, I would like any closer. It doesn't have to be Hunter Strickland. Anyone who's coming out to walk up music right now. I'm super into the Billy Eilish. Eilish. Billy Eilish. Yes. The What do you want from me? Dun, dun, dun. I want to end me. And it's like got all these scary. It sounds like music that they would play on like a hipster haunted mansion ride. Uh, so I just I find it so scary and it's different. And that's I, that's what I would want as as closer music. I would want something that's like people are like, what the hell is that? Although I've yeah. always argued it for a long time. I would come out to a Slater Kinney song because um, a lot of people who don't have experience with Slater Kinney would be very wrong-footed by that. <laughs> dig me out, dig me in. Yeah, that would that I would be what I would want to walk up to. There are just there aren't that many chill closer songs. I mean, we saw this with Edwin actually, even who like Edwin wanted like a really chill sort of like uh, you know like Latin song as his walk up or his entrance music, and the Safeco people were like. Uh, we kind of need something to get the crowd hype for you appearing. Like, we can't just have everyone being super chill. But, like, for a guy like Edwin, and for, I think, probably a lot of closers who are so, like, get hyped up and then come in and throw gasoline, like, it's dangerous if you have the wrong amount of hype. That's true. And also, though, I mean, it kind of points up to the fact that, like, what a banger is, is, like, has cultural overtones, right? So, like, the song mm-hmm. he wanted, I think, is mm-hmm. considered to be largely a, a banger mm-hmm. in, like, the Latino community, but it does not translate to um, the largely white audience of Safeco. So mm-hmm. I did like that they, like, took a little bit of his song and, like, kind of mixed it in. Um, and I hope that Edwin wound up liking it. I'm sure that he's going to use that uh, no limite, mi flow no tiene limite. You know that one that he was in the music video for? Mikey mm-hmm. Woods, I think is his name. I'm sure, I'll am i be interested to see if he uses that this year, if the Mets put the kibosh on it. Because, it, again, it's like not a totally rock-out song, but it is, I, I mean, I like it. I think it's catchy. Yeah. I think if we end up in a world where Anthony Swarzak is the closer, oh, then we can go with something <laughs> non-threatening, some easy listening, like Steely Dan or like Michael McDonald. <laughs> that would be so funny. Do you guys know, <laughs> do you know Yamo be there? <laughs> you have mentioned this, but I barely. Tell it's, us about Yamo be there. It's, oh man. 
It's like a 1980s, early 80s, James Ingram, Michael McDonald cut. Uh, it's spelled <laughs> Y-A-H space Mo, letter B there. Yamo be there. Let me just, I'm going to pull up the lyrics real quick. Let me, let me paint Absolutely. you guys a picture. So let's say it's late May at T-Mobile Park. The Mariners are beating the Texas Rangers or something, 7-5. to five. They need someone to batten down the hatch. The PA announcer <laughs> comes over the speakers. Now pitching for your Seattle Mariners, Anthony Swarzak. And then it's just Michael McDonald going, Never be lonely. Lost in the light. Just run from the darkness. Looking for the light. Because it's a long, hard road that leads to a brighter day. Don't let your heart grow cold. Just reach out and call his name. Yamo be there. Yamo be there. That's what I want. I want. We, I want you singing it to come. <laughs> just, just Matthew like Talk about nothing around him, back. sitting in a chair, two hands on a mic. Like two, just two hands on a mic, singing straight, deadpanning, like yeah, yes. head to toe eight. in white linen, just yeah. looking fresh, like yes. just looking off into the distance, just on singing, the jumbotron at safe exactly. At oh, yeah. People are like yes. leaving yes. in mass; they're terrified. <laughs> Again, no. you're sort this of the doing cult. them a favor. <laughs> this is yeah. the cult initiation portion. If you've stayed this long, you're basically in. Like, oh man! Just the idea of Michael McDonald being somehow involved with the Mariners is so funny to me. <laughs> I'm all about wacky walk-up songs, and I hope we see some. With all the personality that we have on the team now, I hope we see some uh, some fun choices. Yeah, Can't wait I to worry see what that Shed's walk-up song is going to be. I worry that Major League Baseball is going to be like 75% sicko mode this year. It's like every oh, player is totally going to choose gonna that. Be, oh, it's 100%. Yeah. That's hey, 100% cave way worked excellently, so I don't know what the issue is there. That is, that is true. Right. Okay, let's move to some actual questions that people uh-huh. asked us that have nothing to do with Michael McDonald. <laughs> Unfortunately, kind of mad yeah. at the listeners Come on, for that. People. <laughs> uh, yeah, but these are some good questions. So the first one comes from Zach Dukalon. Um, they want to know about the bullpen, obviously, and they said, it seems like a lot of bullpen spots for opening day are already claimed by people the front office probably hopes to trade, like Strickland, Guerin, and Swarzak. How many relievers should the Mariners have to start the year, and also are there veterans who could lose their spots? So there's a lot in that question. I guess, um, how many Mariners, or how many relievers should they have to start the year is interesting to me, because sort of roster construction is always fascinating with me. Um, in the American League, because you don't really need pinch hitters, but also I don't really think you ever need like nine relievers. So I'm curious what you guys have to say about this. I am um, team many relievers, so I'm going to sit out while John. Well, oh. no, you go for it. You no, go we can it. have differing opinions. Uh, <laughs> except that team many relievers is going to be compromised this year by the fact that. I'm not sure what's going to go on with Malik Smith's health, so we're probably going to have to have an extra outfielder, and then we're probably also going to have to have a utility guy, and I don't think Dylan Moore, sweet as he seems, can play the outfield. So, and then I still don't know about he the has played situation. the outfield. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that complicates. Like, I love a good, good 
thick bullpen, good robust bullpen, mm-hmm. full of many many people. But um, yeah, I just I don't know if the roster is going to allow for that this year. So I could see a lot of them like Harrison. I believe has options. Um, yeah, you, they've got Altabella, a lot. Of options I think has options. Bullpen. Like uh, Armstrong doesn't, so Armstrong will definitely be there. But right, uh, uh, actually, well, looking at it, I, I take that back. So there's not actually a ton of flexibility to to, to open the year. Um, just I've, I'm looking at roster resource here, and so Strickland, Swarzak, Gearin, Armstrong, Roscup, Rowenis, and Rumbelow are all out of options. Um, Oh, hey, so, it's another totally great fun fact about Nick Rumble. <laughs> uh, and for that matter, Brandon Brennan is a Rule 5 pick, so they would have to return him uh, if they didn't want to keep him. So that's eight guys right there. Um, and that, you know, that really kind of puts you in a challenging spot. Um because all the guys, I would say several of the guys who are better are the, are the guys with options. You know, Altavilla, Bradford, Festa, uh, Batista, they all have at least one option. I think Altavilla only has one option left. The rest have two or three. But, yeah, I, I think we'll see. In, in the Japan series, you get a 28-man roster, so we'll probably get at least one or two more and that will be good you'll probably get nine but I, I can't see them going with less than eight relievers to start especially since the Mariners are trying to be tactful with how they're using Yusei Kikuchi and they're having Felix on the roster and Felix is a total wild card vis-a-vis ability to go long and you know Wade and Mike Leake are both guys who are very judicious, you know, are, are quick with their pitches, but sometimes can get rocked every once in a while. So it's weirdly tight, actually, coming out of the gate. I mean, there's going to be injuries. Someone's going to get hurt or, or whatever. But, yeah, there's actually I, – I there's a bit of a crunch there. Well, we don't open with Swarzak, right, either? Swarzak is – yeah, Swarzak, Swarzak will probably be on the DL to start, so there's at least there's that's at least one spot there. It gives you a I, little bit of flexibility yeah. so that you can at <laughs> least get the just the problem is that spring training is so weird and chopped up and mm-hmm. short and even when they go to Japan they'll have half the guys there and the other half here, so you don't really have any consensus. Everybody's watching the same people do things. Yeah. And it just it really puts it really puts them in a bad spot. I think Bradford and Altavilla are probably the two first guys up. That would be my guess. I don't know if you guys feel differently. Um, but, you know, I just would expect Festa and Bautista to spend, you know, not that they necessarily need to spend more time in the minors, but that it's not going to hurt them to spend more time in the minors. Same thing with uh, Ruben Alaniz, uh, who we, I don't know if we mentioned it all, but um, also probably could use a little more time in the minors so uh, yeah I it's I think we see an eight-man pen this year 
And I thought Alanis was maybe being looked at as a starter. Am I crazy? It's possible. Am I mixing him up with someone? He has, I think, been more of a reliever in his career. Uh, Our voices are going up like this, which means neither <laughs> of us really know. Um, let's see. We'll find out through the magic of the internet. Uh, he has been a reliever uh, predominantly since 2016. Ruben Alanis and Ricardo Sanchez. I get them mixed up. Yes. Um, yeah, haven't seen Alanis uh, this spring yet so far. Uh, I think he was maybe having visa issues in addition to Calixte, uh, Orlando Calixte, but I think he should hopefully be there by now. We don't know. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we'll, they'll be able to put Tui Vailala, well, they are able to put Tui Vailala on the 60-day DL at any point, and they will do that, so that'll be able to open up a 40-man spot, uh, but just finding a 25-man spot after Japan, uh, that may just kind of come down to if someone gets hurt yeah, I wasn't listening to anything you guys were saying. I was on the Yamo Be There Wikipedia page. <laughs> this song, dude, <laughs> this song won a Grammy, 1985. <laughs> Best R&B performance by a duo or group with vocals. And then the that's remixed like version. Niche. Yeah, it's sweet. That's like a lot of sections, but yeah. That's yeah, a and then the remixed version by Jellybean Benitez <laughs> did numbers in the UK. So... A lot going Hell on yeah. with Yamo be there. All right, let's wrap it up with one more question. This one comes to us from Alyssa Ching. And all they said was, going to need you to rank them, them being the relievers, by most to least powerful hair, which ooh, I love. It's a great question. Ooh, ooh. Unfortunately, though, in looking over the relievers, a lot of really boring haircuts, like a lot of guys who are just keeping it short and tight. I think yeah. most powerful hair has to be Harrison. Of the guys yeah. on the 49 right <laughs> By now. By leaps and bounds. Yeah, Harrison has a lot of flow going on. I think it's only going to get bigger, I hope. I hope he doesn't get haircuts and, like, his hat starts to not fit. I always love that look. Um, He's but other already than that, close to that. Yeah. No, he is, yeah. So I'm going to be monitoring that with my Amy Poehler video camera. <laughs> I enjoy his ombre effect where it's, like, the hair very close to his head is dark. And then everything that kind of extends beyond is bleached. So it li- yeah. makes him look like he's kind of perpetually got a halo around his head, which is a power move, I feel. Like 100%. just basically declaring yourself a saint in front of your, your competition is an underrated power move. Um, I can't believe no one's brought up Corey Guerin, who is obviously... That's uh, some dang hair. He, uh, he, him and Colin Cober have... Uh... Some some flow for sure. Yeah, Gearin's definitely second in my power rankings after Harrison. Uh, I think that there's a we don't have him up. He's not on the forty man. Um, but Tyler Danish has some extremely weird hair situation going on. Oh yeah. In that it's like kind of a cloud around his head. <laughs> it actually looks like he is trying to imitate the shape of an actual Danish in the way that it goes <laughs> and that it emerges from his skull. It's very weird. And then he's got this like beard thing too. So it's like kind of a full all the way around. And he just, I mean, he looks like, He's, he, he just looks a little unkempt. A little yeah, like, I don't like it. He's he looks like the, the kid woods. that would wear pajamas to school. That's the yes, vibe I get that from is him. The, it, that is 100% the vibe. So um, I don't know if it's a 
if that's power or not. I mean, I think it's power to have such a DGAF approach to that's like, true. yeah, I'm pajama kid. Deal with it. Like, yeah, yeah okay. all right, all right. Uh, there's some like good back in the day or like future photos. Like Joey Gerber had fantastic hair. Uh, in college I've, I've actually linked another photo here for y'all um as well as just like some exceptional pitch face um and brandon brennan had some flow back in the day but now i think he's kind of just a clean cut generic white reliever one a on the chart yeah we uh, didn't have enough of those so i'm glad he's here <laughs> uh didn't did Rowenis have some like interesting hairstyles in the off season that he got rid of? Or am I Rowenis always him? has like his stuff shaved into his head that is pretty cool. You know, like mm-hmm. he's big on the shaved designs, kind of Diaz ish with that. And yeah. he will have matching haircuts with his son a lot of times, who looks Ooh, exactly like good. him. So that's pretty good. Again, I think that's a strong power move. Is not just yeah, have we the love excellent- that. To be like, bitch, I come in two sizes. Like, <laughs> yes, that is that is strong. Uh, Tui also had some, like, curls coming out of the back of his hat for a little bit, as I recall. Yeah, he had potential, but then I was looking at his Instagram before we started, and he definitely cut his hair short. Uh, so, like, with a hat on, you won't even be able to see his hair anymore. Yeah. He did. That was a bummer. Yeah, but there's always uh, time. The thing about hair is it grows back. Jason Bradford has a beard, which is like <laughs> qualifies him for like at least the middle of the pack here, which is a pretty rough commentary on the group right now. Uh, yeah, there's, there's not a it's not a strong group in in that regard, which is a no. real shame. Um, hopefully, hopefully we can get some inspiration. Just googled from a picture Coburn of Tommy Danish. Malone, and he's totally clean cut too. Like he, I mean, yeah. you're a left-handed reliever. You could really go to town here, Tommy, but just. Not not going after it. Not living your best life. No. So to recap, the Mariners reliever is not great at pitching and not great with hair either. I Just... have excellent news. Oh. Uh, it is about Taylor with an E, Scott. Oh, yeah, Taylor Scott. The South African. Yes. Uh, and I have once again sent a link to his Twitter, uh, which has a great bit of information for a guy named taylor scott because i was just thinking in my head man taylor scott probably has boring hair but what an opportunity he's missing because his name's taylor scott and the only way you necessarily remember taylor scott is if he stood out in some way and boy does he uh he really with his does. twitter profile photo with the deepest v i have ever seen <laughs> uh next to a sunset on a farm with a beard yes. with shoulder length hair I, uh, Taylor Taylor Scott was my responsibility for the NRI section of the article, so I am dropping mm-hmm. in a link of him on a surfboard looking like a f- snack, uh, <laughs> looking like a surf model uh, with his hair kind of flowing behind him as he's standing on a surfboard, which is... He's uh, just chilling with some lions in one of these photos. Yeah, that's South Africa, man. I guess. South Africa. Sith- I, should, I should probably stop doing accents and impressions. Uh, I think you should Hoping. continue. Here's one of him with a cheetah. A cheetah. 
Okay, I can't do accents, only Matthew. Yeah, that, don't, that just sounded like you saying it slower. It's just a photo of his ass while he's, like, doing a workout Woo! as well. <laughs> All right, I, I changed my rankings. Taylor Scott is at the top of them. I will take no further <laughs> questions at this time. Perfect. Well, yeah, I can't imagine anyone would want to hear anything else from us at this point. <laughs> we, <laughs> if really... anyone made it past you singing Michael McDonald, <laughs> I feel like... They made it to, for, the, for the reward of us scanning and scrolling through a, an NRI's uh, Instagram page. That you cannot see unless you click on the article link, which... Yeah, not great for an audio medium there, John. <laughs> No. We gotta work on this. We'll work on it for next time. Yama work on it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everyone who sent in questions. And uh, we will be back next week. I leave for spring training, so I'm not exactly sure how the podcast is But I will have dispatches from spring training next time I talk to you. Yeah, buddy. Alright. Thanks again. <laughs>